I used to love that movie. Please don't remake this. I have such fond memories of that film. Please don't remake this. Hey, Hollywood, if you want to be smart, just hire some writers to make some new art. And after our heart to heart, go make a new start. Please, God, please, God. Don't ruin my childhood. Please don't remake this. Please Please don't remake this. Welcome to Please Don't Remake This, the movie podcast where my guests of the week and I get nostalgic and talk about one of our favorite childhood movies. I'm Lauren Mosier, and today I have with me repeat guest that you all might recognize from last week's episode of The Addams Family, Keith Martinez. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey Dave, how are you? I'm doing good. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. (laughs) So everybody knows we are recording on our anniversary, our one year anniversary trip Catskill style. <laughs> We're going to the Catskill. Oh my god, I said Catskill. Oh god damn it, I fucked it up already. We're going to the Catskills, for those of you who know Maisel. Uh, marvelous Mrs. Maisel and love the show like we do. It's amazing. Yes, it's so good. So we're in the Catskills and in a little tiny home that is adorable. We will be posting pictures from this place and we'll be sharing a link to this. It's called um, a tiny house resort. And it's in South Cairo in upstate New York, outside, like, in the Hudson Valley, Catskills area. And it is gorgeous and so much fun and just really peaceful. So we'll be including a link for those of you who need a good social distanced vacation where you don't have to wear a mask in nature. And Mm -hmm. it's really pretty and very peaceful. And you have a full kitchen so you can (laughs) cook with your family and have a good time. It's really great. So... Uh, yeah, we're celebrating our one-year anniversary. It was yesterday. We're recording today, Tuesday, by the time this comes out Friday. And, mm-hmm. yeah, one year together. That's really cool. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it's been good. It's yeah. been really good, guys. <laughs> Pretty good. It's been more than good. Oh, okay, guys, don't call me out. I'm just trying to be humble. <laughs> yes, it's been fucking great. And all, everybody's really mad at us right now. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, so... Today, we are talking about the wacky, the whimsical, the kind of insane Alice in Wonderland, the uh, Disney uh, animated picture from 1951. Um, first, we forgot to do this on the Addams Family episode, but I usually ask my guests, you know, why this movie? I saw what... that question, too. Yeah, and so I realized I forgot to ask you that with Adam's Family, but that's okay. So you picked this movie for this episode, so mm-hmm. why um, why this movie? Uh, I just thought that, you know, it's very colorful, very musical, and I'm not really the one to really be into musical movies, especially at the age that I watched this. I don't remember how young I was watching it, but it was just very eye-opening for me to mm-hmm. just know that you can use your imagination for almost anything. It almost kind of like reminded me of Willy Wonka in a very small way. Yeah, um, I get that. Yeah. yeah. It's so very like it, similar. Yeah. yeah, it just takes you to a whole different place. Mm-hmm. So I, I just really like that so much. So, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I watched this a lot as a kid, too. Um, I think mostly because my mom does not like Alice in Wonderland. Uh, she just finds the story, like, she used to say that he must have been, like, drunk and, like, high as a kite when he wrote it, Lewis Carroll. As I got older, I kind of thought the same thing. Yeah, it is, like... But the thing is, is it's supposed to be nonsense. It's, mm-hmm. like, specifically supposed to be ridiculous. Because it's a dream. Like, the whole thing's just, like, one terrible nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not supposed to make 
any sense. It's just like, it's like dreams. Like, nothing makes sense in your dreams, you know? Um, I remember once I had a really weird dream that for some reason I needed my pajama bottoms. Like, I needed a specific pair of pajama bottoms in my dream. And when I woke up in the morning, I'd actually opened my drawer, pulled them out. Oh, yeah, you remember you told me that. Yeah, I had them, like, in hand. I was, like, snuggling with them. And I woke up in the morning, and I was like, wait, what? I just, like, slept a lot. It was really weird. So, yeah, dreams make no fucking sense. So, but, yeah, my mom did not like how nonsensical it was. I think she didn't like that it probably encouraged kids to, like, act silly mm-hmm. and, and be <laughs> annoying. <laughs> and she was not a fan of me watching it so much. But I think we owned it on VHS, and I think they played it at school sometimes, maybe. Oh. And so I just got to watch it a lot. And I, be, I watched a lot. I'm that kind of person that, like... If I don't understand something, I will watch it a million times to, like, figure it out. And, like, there are still things in my brain that, like, haunt me to this day that I still haven't gotten an answer to. That I still think about sometimes when I'm like, what does that mean? About Alice or just, like, in general? In general. Just in life. I, like, just remember puzzles that I've never been able to figure out. Or, like, why certain things happen in movies that Mm -hmm. I still don't get. Um, And, yeah, Alice in Wonderland was one of those for me. Where I just didn't understand it. I really wanted to understand it and it used to scare the shit out of me too i thought the whole concept was so terrifying yeah and it wasn't until i was older that i realized it was all a dream i like really thought she i said the same thing like, like she had gotten trapped or something but yeah at, like towards the end like she had waking up and just like oh shit yeah. it's just a fucking dream yeah by the time she's being chased i'm like i'm mm-hmm. too scared to pay attention to the fact that it's not real mm-hmm. <laughs> And also, I love that it is that cliche of, like, and it was all a dream. (laughs) And, like, how much people hate that now. (laughs) That's, like, a stereotype movie that people are, like, don't even think about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Good. Crazy. (laughs) Crazy movie that I just watched a million times to try to figure out. I thought it was really trippy. I really wanted to look like Alice. She looked so cute and adorable. And, um, Yeah. Here we are. (laughs) Now we move on to the stats of the movie. So, like I said, 1951, G-rated, of course. Um, came out in September of that year. It was directed by a few people. So, again, like, with a lot of these animated movies, you know, there are different, like, supervisors, there are different directors, especially back then. There was, like, so much over, um, like, overview and, like, Mm -hmm. uh, the kind of, like, mishmash of this person comes in and then this person comes in and, like, and back then, Disney, like, all these people were very multi-talented. So, like, a lot of these original animators also created the parks, also created the Disney theme parks and were Imagineers. So it's kind of crazy just, like, how they all had to learn how to do millions of different things. So this was directed by Clyde uh, Geronimi, uh, Wilfred Jackson, Hamilton Lusk, and then um, there was an uncredited uh, credit listing on IMDb Jack Kinney. And then the writing, okay, so obviously based on Lewis Carroll books, Mm -hmm. um, Alice in Wonderland, and then Through the Looking Glass. And (laughs) there are so many, there was literally maybe like 15 names for the writing team on this movie. 15? I didn't even see that. Yeah. On IMDb, at least, it had like 15 different names. So I didn't write them down. No offense to those writers, but like, I'm not going to spend... Yeah. That's that's (laughs) a long time to talk about them, yeah. Go check out the IMDb for it. Um... And then the cast, um, Catherine Beaumont, who was 10 years old when she recorded this movie. 10 years old. And she gets the lead in an animated movie. Mm-hmm. When does that happen anymore? Like, crazy. Um, and, of course, some of you may recognize her voice as Wendy from Peter Pan. Yep. Which a lot of these voice actors have done many movies, many Disney movies. They're all Disney legends. 
um, Ed Wynn, Richard Hayden, who um, I was shocked to see. So I looked up Richard Hayden, you know, who plays the Caterpillar. And I see that he also was like the quote unquote uncle in Sound of Music. Yep. Which shocked the fuck out of me because he's so straight laced in Sound of Music. I couldn't believe that he had done an animated movie. I was like, the fuck? So that was pretty cool. Um, Sterling Holloway, who played the Shashara Cat, who was mm-hmm. also the original voice of Pooh Bear, who was yep, the original I voice. I saw that. So cute. I like, and it's funny because when you listen, you can hear it, you know? It's like just the little like, lisp, kind of, almost. Mm-hmm. Tiny little subtleties. And also Ka. The snake, the from, snake um, from Jungle Book. Yeah. The, the movie that has not survived the test of time. <laughs> Disney's rep. Um, Jerry uh, Colonna, Verna Felton, J. Pat O'Malley, Bill Thompson... All Disney legends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really... I, I recommend you guys just, like, look up all the other works that they've done because it's just cool to know that, like, Disney... And Disney still does it. They, like, recycle actors for more projects. I mean, I just showed Keith last night the Animal Kingdom series that's now on Disney+, Plus. the um, the magic of Disney's Animal <laughs> Kingdom. And it's voiced by Josh Gad, who, of course, is the voice of... Um, uh, ah! Frozen! Uh, the Snowman! Nah! Oh, Help. shit. Um... Damn it. Fuck. Help! I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's not the snowman. No. Fuck. Uh, uh, Olaf, Olaf. Olaf, oh my god. Jesus Everybody's Christ. screaming at us right now. <laughs> They're all screaming. Um, Olaf. So, he, <laughs> so, of course, he voices Olaf, and um, he also voices the series. And it's just like they just reuse and reuse and reuse, which is great for paychecks. It Hello. is. Hello. Um, and then also I wanted to give a special shout out to the man who wrote the score for this movie, um, Oliver Wallace, just cause I talk about the score a little bit later and how iconic it is and just gorgeous, like stunning music. Anywho, the songs were written by many different people, which I do not give credit for. I am sorry, <laughs> but, um, also look that up. So, um, those are the stats. Did you have anything else to add for stats? I saw you doing research. I no, no, sure yeah. You, I, you basically covered every single one that I, that you had mentioned. Uh, did you mention Bill Thompson? I, I just said his name, but I didn't list, like, his credits. Okay, 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 cool. Um, yeah. Why did he stand out for you? Uh, he, he, I, know, I know he did White Rabbit and um, Alice, King Hubert and Sleeping Beauty, uh... Uncle Waldo and Aristocrat, Aristocats, excuse me, oh. and Droopy, and Droopy. If you have never heard of like Droopy, the like the dog in like uh, Disney, no, no, like, I don't know what Droopy is. He's like a very classical like dog who like looks almost sad all the time, but just, like Aww. yeah, it's it's a really cute show. It's a show. Yeah, it is. Is it on like now or you? Mean no, when not you were a kid. Like, like when I was a kid. Oh, okay. I yeah, never yeah. Heard of it. it's a, yeah. Definitely should check it out. It's really funny. That sounds cute. Yeah. yeah. Well, I shall say. <laughs> the original grumpy dog. <laughs> um, okay, so now we move into the superlatives. Um, so let's see. First category, best dynamic duo. And I wrote down a few options because I wasn't really sure what to settle on. Mm. So I have a lot of different nominations. Okay. So I'm just going to read them off. Um, Alice and Dinah for Cat. Okay. Uh... Tweedledee and Tweedledum, because of course, Obviously, classic yeah. Halloween costume, yeah. forever. Um, Alice and the Queen of Hearts, in terms of like protagonist antagonist, okay, I, I feel I, like they're pretty classic. I literature. didn't think about that. I just feel like they're a pretty classic literature structure of like, I feel like if you were to use the perfect protagonist and the perfect antagonist, like okay. equals, I feel like that is a thing. Um, I also wrote, wrote the Queen of Hearts and King of Hearts. That's that's the only one that I have. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, why? Why? I just felt like, you know, the king always has her back even when she's wrong. <laughs> 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 that's, that's a good, that's yeah. a good point. <laughs> just like, yeah, no, buddy, like, no. <laughs> Don't do Move that. Move on, yeah. Move <laughs> <laughs> on. Um, I also wrote Alice and the White Rabbit, because if it wasn't for him, like, she wouldn't have fallen down. And That's true. Like, the whole point of the movie is she's following him to figure out where he's going, which I find interesting that with everything going on in Wonderland, that's, like, the only thing that's, like, attracting her attention. It's yeah, like, the White I have to keep following the White Rabbit. It's like, why? So that's why I wrote them down, though. I find it fascinating. Okay. Um, and then I also wrote The Walrus and the Carpenter. Just because when I was a kid, that was my favorite part of the movie. Was, really? Yeah, which I'll talk about later in my notes, because I'm like, I don't really know why that was my favorite part, but I remember hmm. that being specifically my favorite part in the movie. I think I just like storytelling, and okay. I like that it was like so compact, this like beginning, middle, end, from like comedy to tragedy, so quickly. And I always just really liked it as a kid. So, I don't know, true crime, Interesting. I guess, is where my obsession was. I guess. Because it's like, <laughs> it is like... Very manipulative. Very manipulative, murder mm-hmm. on a grand scale, mass murderer, <laughs> the walrus, and the carpenter just trying to kill him, and it's just yep. this whole thing, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I don't really know who I, like, officially, I would probably, the closest I would say is probably Alice and the White Rabbit, just okay. because without either of them, the movie, like, can't happen, you know? Like, without the White Rabbit, Alice doesn't go into Wonderland. And without, but I don't know how codependent he is on her. I mean, he does have that whole Marianne section where I, his house almost gets burned yeah, down. Yeah, just like what? Yeah, that part was crazy. It's, yeah, yeah. I remember that used to spook me as a kid. I always also thought the house actually burned down. I never noticed that it doesn't. Hmm. That it like doesn't catch on fire. This was like the first time I think I noticed that rewatching it with you. So I don't know, but yeah. What do you What do you think? Um. I'm still sticking with the king and queen for the dynamic duo. I didn't like, you know, the white rabbit and Alice. I didn't really see them together working together as much, really. Yeah. I just see, like, uh, the king and queen kind of, like, just trying to get to the bottom of everything and just, like, solve whatever it is, mad plan that she had. Yeah. And I see that, like, it's interesting, their dynamic. I talk about a little bit how um, there's a moment where, when he's asking for Alice to have a trial. Yeah. And she, and he's just like, can we just do a little trial? <laughs> and it's like, what? What is happening right now? <laughs> and when she's screaming at him, that's very important. <laughs> All the ridiculous details. Um, yeah, they, they do, I do like their dynamic a lot. I see that. Um, often, and when also he like repeats what she says, and then he says, by order of the king instead mm-hmm. of the queen. Yeah. Just like, okay, buddy. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm going to give it to them because that, yeah, that's fun. They're, they're a fun couple. Cool. I do... I have a note about them later. I'll get to oh, it. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, class clown. I also wrote down a few options, just because I'm trying to keep it a little diverse. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down the Cheshire Cat, mm-hmm. the White Rabbit, March Hare, Mad Hatter, King of Hearts, and Bill the Lizard. Because those were the ones that made me, like, genuinely laugh throughout. The one that I find the funniest is the White Rabbit. Okay. Because I just think he's adorable with how, like, upset he Where, gets, so yes. worked up. Also, Bill the Lizard, amazing. Like, stand out while okay. watching it. Because he's so, he's like, <laughs> I read one of my notes. Is he supposed to be, like, Bert from Mary Poppins? Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this chimney sweep lizard with this, like, old, um, 
uh, with this um, Cockney accent. She's like, oh, okay, and just going <laughs> along with this. And then the poor guy just gets shot up into the heavens. <laughs> and we're just like, well, there goes Bill. <laughs> I feel so bad for Bill. Um, so those are the two that, like, stand out to me. But I love the white rabbits and the king. <laughs> he just, like, throws that away. I think it's great. The delivery is perfect. Yeah. Um, do you have any nominations? I only have Shusher Cat and the Caterpillar. Mm-hmm. And Oh, uh, why Caterpillar? Caterpillar just thought, like, you know... I didn't really think that people would really find him funny. It's just, like, his his characteristics, the way he talks, so like, who are you? <laughs> Did stuff. you find that funny? Yeah, very funny. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. It's just, like, this very stone caterpillar. caterpillar. It's just, like, talking nonsense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, since we both said Cheshire Cat, I'm going to go with Cheshire Cat. Yeah. Just because, realistically, I think he is, like, supposed to be the class clown. I mean, he causes so much fucking trouble, and I feel like that's the epitome of a class clown, mm-hmm. is, like, as funny as they try to be, they also just, like, cause way too much mayhem for their own good. So, Cheshire Cat, congratulations, <laughs> class clown. Um, now we move on to the Where Are They Now, which, for this one, obviously, a lot of these voice actors are either not around anymore, a lot mm-hmm. of these original creators aren't around anymore, so instead of going with people this time, I went with, like, things, I went with, like, concepts, so I wrote three, um, three options down. I wrote short animated movies, ones that are, like, an hour long. Okay just isn't a thing anymore. Now kids' movies are, like, an hour 40, an hour 50 minutes. Even superhero movies now are, like, over two hours that are supposedly supposed to be kid-friendly. And I just miss short storytelling. Like, it's even... I feel the same way about, like, musical theater. I feel like after seeing shows like The Band's Visit and Once on This Island and Alice by Heart, one-act musicals need a comeback. Mm -hmm. Like, there is a way to tell a compact story in a shorter amount of time. And this movie, I think, really hits it on the head so well. And Disney used to do this so well with 101 Dalmatians, with Peter Pan, with um, um, some of the princess movies, you know? Like, they were so compact, you could really pack a lot in in a short amount of time. And for kids' attention spans, for, like, families to go to the movie theaters together, an hour, this movie is, I think, an hour and 11 minutes total, mm-hmm. for an hour and 11 minutes to be able to get a kid to sit still in a chair and watch a movie that's engaging from beginning to end is really impressive, and I think this movie does it really Very well. well. Yeah. Well. And I just miss that. I wish we still had that kind of dynamic. Um, I also wrote British children's stories are just not as much a thing anymore. Like, okay. like thinking of, like, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, you mm. know, or Peter Pan, or Matilda. You know, any Roald Dahl story, wow. basically. They're just not done anymore. When they are, they're done overboard. Like, the American... <laughs> the main problem is, it's just American is so... America is just so obsessed with capitalism and making money that they just go like bigger and broader every time they remake something Mm -hmm. every time they do an adaptation of something and almost always they just miss the mark yeah because they're trying too hard (laughs) they're just trying way too hard i mean i think about like so willy wonka you know with um gene um gene wilder Wilder. and then you think of charlie and the chocolate factory with johnny depp and like totally overdid it 
overdid extremely it. overdid it with Sorry, the Johnny Depp version. <laughs> and it, obviously, it's not Johnny Depp's fault. It's yeah, Tim Burton's fault. <laughs> they just overdo it every time. Same thing even, I think, with... Okay, no, I shouldn't comment on that. I've not seen the Alice in Wonderland Tim Burton films. I was going to say something derogatory about them, and I haven't watched them, so that's unfair. I did. I, I, I saw the first one, and uh, yeah way overreached i mean i i still kind of enjoyed it but it was, i just it was way too much mm-hmm. but the the second one he did through the looking glass i was like yeah no sorry the, the first one was like enough but the second was like he kind of like cheesed it up a lot yeah and that's the thing is like they don't need a lot that's why like the original matilda movie is so cherished and iconic and will definitely be an episode of mm-hmm. this show because they they do it so well they balance the nuances of it so well without going overboard and yeah. can you imagine if they didn't redid matilda which they are probably going to probably Hollywood. of course not. they're going to I remake really that not. someday um can you imagine when they remake it how much how crazy it's going to be like it's going to be a mess you know they're going to flop because <laughs> they fuck up everything um and yeah i just i miss these like classic british stories where they just like just take a little bit. You know, even, like, what's funny is I've read the book, and then I watched this version of Alice in Wonderland, and I appreciate the movie that, yes, it doesn't use everything from the book, but mm-hmm. I think it gets to the... I, I like that this movie succinctly... So the whole point, you know, is that she does not behave, and that she doesn't take school seriously, and that she's, like, got her head in the clouds and blah, blah, blah. And I like that the movie explores those moments in the story where she's trying to be practical and everybody else around her is impractical. Yes. And she's frustrated by them being unrealistic. And I like that it goes to show that, like, okay, so she is growing. Like, she's learning that there is a difference between insolence and cooperation. There's a difference um, between being a little shit. (laughs) (laughs) And contributing to society and, like, being a good, helpful person. And I like that she sees that firsthand, even if it is a dream. Like, I like that she's exploring that. And I think the movie does that in really nice vignettes throughout. And, um, yeah, I just find it really impressive. And uh, for an adaptation of the book where they cut a lot of material, obviously, I think they they do do a really good job of keeping the the heart of the story. The main story, yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like the book sometimes is, like, way too out there. I remember reading the book when I was in, like, high school and not understanding the majority of it. I was really? like, what the I have, I haven't read the book. I have, to, I have read the book a long time ago, so I will have to revisit it because yeah. it was one of my favorite books. Oh, nice. But, um, yeah, I know there was a lot of parts missing from that book in the movie. So it's just like, oh, it probably yeah. would have been way too long if they included that in there. Yeah, it would have been, like, a two-hour movie because yeah. there's so many characters. There's so many other storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the whole Duchess angle is completely cut in this, which I appreciate because I feel like it's just weird. That's one of the parts in the book where I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? There's mm-hmm. a pig that's a baby. I'm like, so, <laughs> yeah, clearly a dream. Um, uh, and then I also wrote as an option for where are they now, I wrote this design of animation. This, like, two-dimensional, yes. beautiful, hand-painted art. Very fucking detailed. So, and, it, like, simple. I like how it's just beautiful. Like, you could take a still of this movie at any point, and it's an art. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. And I miss that. You know, I appreciate, I highly appreciate the animation that goes into certain movies nowadays. Like, highly recommend for you guys, if you have a Disney Plus account, to watch the making of Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. That whole documentary series is amazing. I had no idea animation was that hard if you're making a movie like Frozen 2. 
major kudos to all of the designers on that movie. They deserve way more credit than they get. Mm -hmm. The work is ridiculously hard. All of it sometimes just to be scrapped completely. Exactly. It's incredible. Highly recommend. Please watch that show. Give your local animator some love. (laughs) They're (laughs) incredible. They're talented as fuck. Um... But I miss this kind of artwork. It's the same thing with, like, Sleeping Beauty. It took years to make because all of those stills, all those background backdrops were hand-painted. And they're beautiful. And I just, I I miss that level of, um, like, painting. You know, I miss watching a movie that feels like a painting. And even, I write my first note in the movie is the title cards in the beginning of the movie. Yes, and I'm, yes. Gorgeous. Like, I want them all framed. Mm-hmm. I want all of them on our walls. They're so beautiful. And I just miss that. I miss two dimensional, classic Disney art. Mm-hmm. Even if they reused a lot of these stills in other movies. Do I give a fuck? No. No, I don't. Because they were all good. It they just, were yeah. all beautiful. It's okay. <laughs> Big fucking deal. Yeah. I love it. Um, do you have anything else to add? What do you have for Where Are They Now? Uh, no, I was going to go with, like, the cast, but I think we already covered that in the beginning of the, that, this episode, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, just, like, very detailed animation and cartoon characters, like, kind of miss that, really, because mm-hmm. it's, like, it's not almost the same anymore, like, with, is Bluey a part of Disney now? Bluey is under a Disney contract, I believe, so it's, like, okay. Australian network that's under BBC that's under Disney. Got it, got it. Okay, so it's not technically under Disney, but it's like... I mean, Disney owns it, I believe. Okay. Yeah. But I'm just like, with the whole, like, nostalgic, just like the whole area, like... That is so true. So those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we should explain. So Bluey is a kid's show that Keith's kids, Kai and Noah, are obsessed with, and Keith and I are obsessed with. Like, it's adorable like 10 minute vignette videos of this uh, blue healer dog family and like all the characters are dogs and it's australian so they're all australian accents and it is beautiful it's Mm -hmm. two-dimensional work the colors like the aesthetic of the show is just as good as the writing and just as good as the character arcs highly recommend if you have a disney plus account to also watch bluey because i swear to god you can be any age and you will love this show. It's very hilarious. It's adorable. It's hilarious. Every character you relate to at some point in every episode, <laughs> it's so good. So definitely watch that as well. And yeah, Bluey is kind of bringing back this art form yes. of colors and design. And yeah, they're really putting the time in. All those Bluey creators also deserve major kudos. They are doing God's work. Like They're amazing. Definitely. Um. Yeah, okay, I totally see that. That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. We, we need to bring more of that back. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason why we love Bluey so much. We're always talking about how beautiful the show looks. Mm-hmm. It is so good. So, yeah, cool. All right. Um, now we move on to Most Likely to Succeed, which I wrote down just one option, Disney Animation. Um, another great documentary I recommend on Disney Plus is uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty which is about how for like a couple of decades, Disney was not on their A-game when it came to the animation department and was not doing great at the box office and eventually leading to them one year losing in the box office to a Care Bears movie in the 80s. What? <laughs> yeah, a Care Bears movie made more money than a Disney animated movie. It got really bleak. I know that it made a lot of movie, but I didn't know a lot of, a lot of money, but I know it made more than Disney. Yeah. At least one of the movies did in one year. And at the time, Disney was only coming out with an animated movie like every three, five years. 
Um, okay. So it wasn't as prime time as, as they wanted it to be. And then some of the concepts just, like, weren't doing well. People weren't responding to. And it was getting pretty bleak. And then Little Mermaid happened. And they brought in musical theater people to help them with story structure mm-hmm. and creating musicals for movies for kids. And lo and behold, we get Little Mermaid and Lion King and Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and Mulan and all of these movies back to back to back to back that knock it out of the park Mm -hmm. and save Disney. And now Disney animation is like the leading factor of Disney because it leads to theme park rides. It leads to um, uh, advertising. It leads to uh, merchandise. It leads to television shows. It leads to all kinds of things now animation is what rules the the studio yeah and movies is what rules the studio and there was a time where they thought about scrapping the whole animation studio and stop making disney movies oh shit i didn't know that it created musicals now they now the animated movies create musicals so yeah it yeah so it's a great documentary i highly recommend you all watch they are very honest about how messy disney was in terms of how they didn't know how to run the animation department and it was just like chaos and nobody liked (laughs) working there it's really great. Um, I, yeah, I loved it. I'd wanted to watch it for years, and then I saw it was on Disney Plus, and I was so stoked, and then it was am- as amazing it. as <laughs> I thought it would be. Um, so, yeah, I just wrote the Disney animation really is most likely to succeed, because now it is, like, a tour de force, and now they come out with, like, two or three animated movies a year, and they're all Oscar-nominated. They win Oscars every year, either Best Animated Film, or they win, like, Best Song, whatever. Um... Yeah, they're incredible. They are staples of our childhood. They're staple of your kids mm-hmm. for future, you know, like for generations to come. Yeah, so I gave it to them. Do you have any options? I didn't really write anything for most of, most likely to succeed. I okay. just like I wanted to give it to one of the cast because like majority of them didn't really make it through all the way. So this was like you know. I mean, if I were to give it to anybody, I would probably say Edwin, just because he was like Disney royalty. Okay. He's in literally everything. Yeah. And is the most one of the most iconic original faces of Disney in terms of live action movies and um, voiceover Animation, work. Yeah. So yeah, he um, yeah, I would like if we gave it to an actor, I would give it to him. Edwin. Yeah. But I would overall, I give it to Disney Animation just because they really they rule the market now. Because other now studios are trying to. It's always the competition is Disney. Mm-hmm. Every animation studio, every new animation studio is competing with Disney. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good times. Um, now we move on to most iconic. I uh, wrote down a few options for this. I wrote down the costumes, like the character designs. Really, I mean like more the character designs than everything else. Yes, the outfits included. But I think about... Um, like, Alice and the way she looks, I think about the White Rabbit, I think about Tweedledee and Tweedledum, and, like, those, you have those pictures just burn into your brain, and if people dress up as them for Halloween, for costume parties, or whatever, you automatically know who it's referring to. Yeah. Totally iconic. Like, they, they rule the design concept, you know? Um, I wrote the Queen of Hearts in terms of villains. I feel like she's a classic literature villain that has, um, stood the test of time, and is something that people still refer to and if she's still like an archetype mm-hmm. even today uh croquet i've never seen a movie that shows croquet like, that's true in such a light you know as like a whole sequence of events yeah you're actually right about that yeah the most iconic croquet and then i also wrote just simply the i'm late i'm late for a very important date <laughs> time to say hello goodbye i'm late i'm late i'm late is uh, yeah 
it's just one of the, I think if you said it to somebody, they would know what you're referring to. Yeah. Um, it, it stands out so well. And it's such, like, a simple lyric that this was, like, classic Disney. They create the simplest lyric that just becomes its own meme. Like, mm-hmm. it becomes its own... It's the same thing with, like, pirates. Like, yo-ho, yo-ho, pirate's life for me. Like, things like that. That Disney created. They wrote all of those things. And now... Or, like, Haunted Mansion. Grim, grimming ghosts come out to... Grim, grinning ghosts come out to socialize. <laughs> and that's now, like, iconic. Like, they were so good back then at just creating that one little um, hook, and you're done. Like, that's all the work that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the ones I, I wrote down. What do you I wrote down for most iconic. Uh, Alice and... Uh... The White Rabbit. Like their dynamic or yeah. their arc? Just their arc. Mm-hmm. Just like who they are and just like, and, and like you said, like if people were to cosplay, you would know exactly who they are. Oh, yeah. And uh, Cheshire Cat. Yes. Duh. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Missed a huge one. That is, yeah, exactly. The, the color. The like color, specifically the smile. The, stripes, the smile. Yeah. Oh. I love, like the fact that, Cheshire Cat honestly should win most iconic because the fact that like growing up, you look at the moon, and when it's just, like, the tiny little crescent moon, you always, always call it the Cheshire Cat smile. Always. Guaranteed. You have to. That's, like, the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, it's the Cheshire Cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, like, literally, the Cheshire Cat is now the moon. Like, that, 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 <laughs> that should be a name, like, the Cheshire Cat moon. Yeah. That should really be I a mean, thing. most people, I feel, I literally, it took me a second to remember, it's called a crescent moon. I always just call yeah. it the Cheshire Cat moon. <laughs> God, it's a crescent moon. It's what it's actually called. But, yeah, exactly. Definitely. Okay. Totally giving it to Cheshire Cat. That awesome. makes so much sense. Awesome. Um, Cheshire? Cheshire? How do you pronounce it? I would say Cheshire. 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 Cheshire, okay. I'll say Cheshire. Okay. That's, we're, I'm going to try Cheshire is, like, way too... Cheshire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Cheshire Cat. Okay, we've got it. Okay, so now we're at Best Dressed. Um, I wrote down only a couple options. Uh, Alice and the White Rabbit. I just feel like in terms of, specifically, I was really only going to give it to Alice originally, mm. but then I w- wrote down the White Rabbit because of the pocket watch and the, the coat, Same. you know, like the the vest that he's wearing. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's what gets her no- that's int- to yeah. notice him, is that he's wearing an outfit, so I feel like that has to stand out. And then when you watch the movie, his clothes are just like fabulous. The collar that he wears at the The ruffle collar, yeah. Yes, so good. Um, so those were the main two. Obviously, everybody looks great, but those were the main two I wrote. I'm, I I wrote down the white rabbit too. Okay, like, cool. Just like you said, the glasses, like that one eye glass, and the, um, yes, oh my god, the yeah. watch and the, the the vest and like the way he carries him. Yeah, of course. Okay, white rabbit. cool. So are we going with the white rabbit? Yes, yes. White rabbit, congratulations, <laughs> best dressed. He's just like hooray. <laughs> uh, now we move on to best quote, which I have a few written down. Same. Um. So do you want to go ahead? Do you want to start first? Uh. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um. One of the quotes, uh, she goes back and forth with Cheshire Cat, and it goes, I give myself good advice, but I very seldom know it. Uh, follow it, excuse me. Mm-hmm. That, actually, that's one of her own quotes. And another one is, uh, she's asking Cheshire Cat, I just wanted to ask which way I ought to go. Cheshire goes, well, that depends on where, where you want to get to. Then she goes, oh, it really doesn't matter as long as I... Then he cuts her off and says, then it really doesn't matter. Which way you go? Mm-hmm. You just love that exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Um, curiouser and curiouser. It's like one of the most famous quotes in the movie. Does she say that in the movie? Yeah. When does it happen? I missed it. Like I think in the beginning, when she's like going down the rabbit oh, hole. Oh yes, you're right. You're right. When she's in like the little like yeah. rabbit hole. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. 
it's sad to say that I like mix these up with like memes. Yeah, that, that can't happen sometimes. Because I wrote down actually that there's a quote in this movie that's misquoted often that I wrote down. Okay. That um, there's a part where um, you know, most people say we're all mad here, but actually in the movie he says most everyone's mad here. Yeah. And I realized how misquoted that was, and I was like, maybe we're all mad here is from the book, or maybe. Because he says specifically, most everyone's mad here. Yeah, he says, most everyone's mad here. And then he says, if you notice, I'm not all there myself. Yeah, which I love that part with the yeah. tail, like, disappearing, mm-hmm. like a ribbon. That's love so good. That. Yeah. Do you um, have any others? I think I have one more. Which, which she's, like, having a conversation with the doorknob before she goes through to follow, to follow the white rabbit. He's like, oh, yeah. uh, no, imp- impassable. Nothing's impossible. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I love that quote so much. <laughs> you love that. Love those kind of like philosophical things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wrote down a few. So, um, <laughs> oh, okay. So these aren't technically like quotes, but I think they're the most, some of the most iconic lines in the movie. The drink me and eat me, mm-hmm. I think, are just like iconic. If you see that on a bottle or if you go to a party and that has that decoration, you know it's an Alice in Wonderland shindig. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wrote Kalu Kale. I think it's really funny. <laughs> it gives me like Mary Poppins vibes of um, uh, uh, view Halu, <laughs> like that kind of thing. <laughs> I just think it's cute. <laughs> so Kalu Kale, we'll see day. That guy. Um, and then of course I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. I'm, that whole thing. Um, I love the when so when Bill the lizard goes shooting up into the heavens, and Dodo just goes well. There goes <laughs> <laughs> Just, no follow through, like, no help. Couldn't even help him. Save him. Yep. <laughs> um, I love in the flower garden when they're talking about her uh when they're debating, you know, what kind of flower she is, and one of the little flowers goes, I think she's pretty and the mom goes, Quiet, bud. Um Oh, this is random, but it made me think of... So, the bird that she, like, gets... The bird in the nest with all the eggs that she gets on top of her head when she grows. Oh, it calls a serpent? Yeah, yeah. And she keeps calling her serpent, serpent. <laughs> it reminded me of, um, for those of you who know the producers with Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick, in the end of the movie, when Nathan Lane is, like, acting out his life and he starts having that weird flashback and he's pretending to be this, like, uh, country mom and he's going, <laughs> so I wrote down serpent. <laughs> um, oh, then I already mentioned the Mad here quote. Um, I love uh, when the Mad Hatter is telling her is asking her to explain her story, and he goes, "And when you come to the end, stop." <laughs> I think that's funny. Um, and then I, I think I'm, I wrote this down wrong. I know it's a, there's a different kind of phrasing to it. But when he says, when it's suggested that he put mustard in the pocket watch, and he goes, mustard? Don't be silly. Lemon. Now that's different. Mm-hmm. And he just starts squeezing the lemon. lemon juice. The delivery of that is great. Uh, I also love the March hair going, mad watch, mad watch. <laughs> Very subtle. It. Like, you have to really pay attention to actually really notice it. Yeah, it's so good. And I just love the way he says it. Like, specifically his tone of it. Mad watch? <laughs> what? <laughs> so good. Um... Uh, and then I love the, the two-parter. So when uh, the White Rabbit is introducing the Queen of Hearts, and then he goes, and the King. And then you hear the <laughs> one in the way background. You hear, way. 
He just like get any love. No, in this movie. and I love the king is just so upbeat. He's just like hello, and like he waves <laughs> to the crowd, and there's just the one. <laughs> so whoever did that is great genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course off with their heads, off with her head. Mm-hmm. It was iconic. Mm-hmm. You hear someone say that, and you know they're referring to the Queen of Hearts. Uh, and then the last one I wrote is when um, the Dormouse is running around in the court and she goes, let me have it. And they throw <laughs> the jam in her face. Mm-hmm. It's it's just perfect timing. It's just for an animated movie, the comedy, the comedic timing in this is brilliant. Um, so those are my, yeah, those are my best quotes. Oh, and then I forgot um, the, I realized I forgot one later on, the who are you? I feel like yeah. if you do mm-hmm. that, if you say that phrase and then you say it in a certain way, people mm-hmm. know it's Caterpillar. Yeah. Definitely. Um, now we move on to, oh, so because this does have a couple songs in it, I included the most likely to break down into song and best song categories. So most likely to break down into song, I just wrote Alice. Yeah. Cause she literally just does I'd, that like I'd, three times in the movie. <laughs> she's just. I couldn't really write anybody down, but I, I thought about Alice. Like she's the only one who can, like break down into a song. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody else. Yeah. They're singing, but like she just sits on a log and she just starts singing all of a mm-hmm. sudden. So I think it fits best or she'll just like join the group. When she starts singing the flower song, I'm like, how do you know the music? When did you have time to She's feeling the flow. Yeah, clearly her dream. Where yeah, she can just that's very in. true. Yeah. Uh, it's funny now that I'm older how much I realize that it's a dream. Like, now it makes so much more sense. Um, and then I also wrote, for best song, I wrote down a couple of options. Obviously, there's many songs in this, but I the two that stand out for me are Painting the Roses Red and Golden Afternoon, the flower song. Yeah. Those two are just so well written. Like, mm-hmm. It gets it me every It makes time. you want to sing the song. Yes, they're beautiful, especially Golden Afternoon. I love, so what I love about Golden Afternoon is the sweet little nuances that they put into the lyrics, mm-hmm. the, how they figure out, you know, the tiger lilies and the dandelions. Yes. And all of the relationships between the flowers and their, um, and their personalities, and they create this whole world that makes total sense. Like, it makes you look at flowers differently. It's educating you of, like, what the purpose is. Yeah, and it's... I just think it's so quaint and mm-hmm. so adorable. And then with Painting the Roses Red, is just fun. It's mm-hmm. just a fun, Painting the Roses It's catchy. It just has a great, like, classic Disney tune. Yes. Where you just want to, like, jump around to it. And then when the score kicks in later with the whistling, that do 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 Iconic score. Oh, my God. I lost my shit when we got to that part. Because I just love that. Like, that, oh, it gets to my heartstrings so much. Um... I, uh, I don't know who to give it to. Did you have any nominations? I didn't. Do you do you want to be the tiebreaker? Which one do you think? I would say the golden the golden flowers. Golden afternoon. Yeah, the golden afternoon. Yeah, it's really pretty, mm-hmm. and I just love all their different solos. All of, like, it's so pretty. Makes I, you feel. I always wanted to be the gardenia. <laughs> I, I could see that. that <laughs> soprano just with her little dewy drop. L- the yeah, like, like the shine. Like a, yeah. Yeah, it's so pretty. It's like a little brooch. It's so pretty. Oh my god. Spiderweb in the background. Mm-hmm. Her little curtain. Glistening in the back. <laughs> so pretty. Oh man. Um, and then the last um, superlative is best all around. And again, I only wrote a couple of options. I was trying to narrow it down. Um, I wrote down Alice and the White Rabbit. Um, Alice, I just think because you relate to her, you know, throughout the story, I feel like mm-hmm. you really want her to be okay. Yeah. And you want her to figure out how to get home. Cause you think if you were in that situation, you'd be scared shitless, you know? Um, and you really just want her to like get her shit together and wake the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. And then the white rabbit also like never really does anything wrong. And I like that he is just trying to do his job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's just trying to figure this shit out. 
And the poor guy's just so stressed out. And they're just like, come down to the pinky rub bit. Like, he <laughs> so can. Um, yeah, so those were the two for me. Do you have uh, a preference, or did you have anybody else to nominate? No, just Alice, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Alice and Shasher. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I just Shasha Cat, though, is a little shit. He is. He but it's just like... Up. He almost gets her killed. <laughs> it's his fault. So funny. <laughs> He's, he's, he's just a really cool troublemaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> troublemaker is yeah. the operative word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could see that, though. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now we move on to... I have some notes. Um, do you, you want to go first? You can go. Okay. Let's, let's begin. <laughs> so, I already mentioned this. I love the title card artwork in the beginning of the movie. So good. Literally, first note I wrote in all caps. <laughs> um... They show a little picture of the Dormouse, you know, in the little teapot, and I just wrote, Dormouse is a mood. Just It is. So, just so calm, so sleepy. <laughs> is he really sleepy? Yeah, that's the oh. whole point. I couldn't tell if he was sleepy or if he was drunk. <laughs> I mean, if you want to take the adult approach to this movie, it's probably <laughs> wasted. But the kid version is, he's sleepy. Okay, cool. Just in his little teapot. He's sleepy. <laughs> Nobody bothers him. Twinkle, twinkle, little bat. <laughs> um, I love old school choirs. I just love choirs yeah. in these old Disney movies. Bring back choirs. It's just so beautiful. Like, their voices, the tone. It, it makes you just, like, live for the music. Mm-hmm. It makes it so You can perfect. feel the passion behind the voices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Squires. Um, Dinah is I wrote Dinah is perfect. Mm-hmm. Dinah is so cute. She's just the cutest little kitty cat. And I love her little expression. She's just like I looking at Alice like what? If you could have a really animated like a real animated cat, I think Dinah would be. Oh Dinah's cat. yeah, the perfect mm-hmm. cat. Oh my god, she's so good. And I love her little wave when Alice is going down the hole and mm-hmm. she's just like, like Bye. <laughs> <laughs> just a little flop. She's so cute. Oh god, I love cats. For those of you who can't tell, I'm I'm a cat person. <laughs> Um, I sing the I'm late, I'm late every single time in my head. I just have to like, (laughs) I also, um, what's funny is like singing like normal everyday life. If I'm like rushing at home, that is what's playing in my head. I wonder if a lot of people think about that. I bet. I bet a lot of people. If you're like a diehard Alice in Wonderland fan, you probably would think that a lot. I don't even know if you have to be just like a diehard fan. I feel like it's Hmm. just like an automatic thing when you're like running late. You just immediately think I'm late. I might, like, <laughs> I think they just kind of own the trademark for it. <laughs> That's true. Much. Um, what else did I write? Uh, I wonder, oh, I, if I remember correctly, I think I used to be afraid of Tweedledee and Tweedledum when I was a kid. Like, really afraid of them. Yeah. I think that they're just, I think it's so creepy how they just move so, like, it kind of, it's funny. I obviously didn't know what The Shining was when I was a kid. But, like, twins... Oh, I didn't think about with that. With that kind of dynamic of, like, the same movement, the same mm-hmm. look. The eye contact, yeah. Apart, the eye contact, the lack of facial expression. Like, creepy as fuck. That is creepy. And I just really found Tweedledee and Tweedledum very scary when mm-hmm. I was a kid. The night in a lake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really scared me. Um, what else? Uh, how did the walrus and the carpenter become friends? Like, how... It, they never explain how they're just casually, a, mm-hmm. a, a human being is just casually friends with a walrus. That's true. And I don't 
understand where I want to know their backstory. How mm. did this begin? That would actually be a really fun. I feel like Disney short. Yeah, they just like a side movie almost. Yeah, they just introduce how to how to introduce them, like how they how met. they became friends and stuff. Yeah, and like what happened after he like. Oh yeah, what happened after the fight? Like, yeah, did he actually catch him. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it would be it wouldn't be too dark. <laughs> um. I also wrote, is the walrus supposed to, it's funny, I just wrote, like, walrus Wall Street in my notes. Oh. Just, like, the name and his whole thing about, like, uh, money and, and, you know, like, let your cares disappear and, like, you know, you know, like, Keith knows I'm obsessed with The Big Short, the Mm. movie about the financial crisis from 2008. And I look at, like, those dynamics of some of those people and some of the bankers and you're just like, well, yeah, that's, like they are and obviously this movie is from the 50s so not about those people not about mm-hmm. those wall street but i feel like just money grubbers in general you know or just like yeah i don't know it, it's just a random thought that occurred to me in the movie i don't think it's supposed to be taken that literally but like <laughs> um england has their own bureaucracy that people hate so <laughs> probably relating to their own government that's i didn't even think about that that's crazy. yeah um I love the White Rabbit's house. It's just so Super cute. cute. I'm like, I want a cottage like that with a little garden. Of course, carrots. Duh. <laughs> love it. Uh, so cute. Oh, <laughs> okay, another recommendation. For those of you who don't know the show, there's a show on Netflix called Christine McConnell's Curious Creations. Mm-hmm. And this show is genius it is a six episode holiday special that came out halloween holiday special that came out a couple of years ago and Mm. it is amazing (laughs) and it got canceled which is one of my greatest sadnesses in life in general because it was genius and adorable and hilarious and you know dodo in this the reason i'm bringing it up is dodo in this movie says that we'll burn the house down and there's an episode in the, in the series where Rose, the, the come-back-to-life raccoon, <laughs> with a fork for a hand, <laughs> is mad that people are forgetting her birthday, quote-unquote. And she threatens to burn the house down. <laughs> and she comes out, and she's like, I'm gonna burn this place to the ground! <laughs> and she just has a full panic attack. Full manic breakdown. And it's hilarious. And so, for those of you who get that reference, thank you for watching Christine McConnell. Watch it again. Mm-hmm. It is a classic. It is one of Keith and I's favorite things ever. They need to make more. They just <laughs> need to sign would. another contract. Just I wish like... they would make, like, a movie version of it. Like, mm-hmm. it was so good. It's like a cooking show slash morbid fun puppet show. And it's just, it'll, it just will make your heartstrings sing. So, please watch it. It's <laughs> adorable. It's so funny. It's so fucked up. And yeah, when they threatened to burn the house down, I just thought of Rose and her little, her little, um, like, uh, what does she have? Oh, like a gas can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little gas can. Um, she's ready to burn shit down. Um, I already mentioned I always wanted to look like the gardenia, which I realized rewatching it, they must have used like, she comes off like Grace Kelly kind of vibes. Okay. I feel like they must have used, I feel like they must have used her for maybe like inspo or something. Cause that was, yeah, that was like Grace Kelly days, hmm. I believe, 1951. Yeah, I think so. Um, I love the illustrations that they use for uh, the caterpillar's uh, vapor or yes. the smoke. 
even when it like it, it like it, it like almost evaporates, you can see like the smaller letters come to life as well. Like, yeah. Oh shit, that's so cool. Yeah, it's it's really beautiful, and I think it's just a fun in an animated movie to add on extra animation to it. I think makes it so clever and really leaps off the screen mm-hmm. and makes that scene more memorable than it might necessarily be. And yes. I think it's great. I agree. Um, the. The bird that she gets on top of her head, you know, when she grows super huge, reminded mm-hmm. me of um of Horton, Horton the elephant from Dis- from um oh. from Doctor Seuss, uh when he like takes care of that lady's uh that bird lady's egg mm-hmm. and that's like watching over it. That just kind of gave me Doctor Seuss vibes. Okay. And I was, like interesting. I don't remember for sure if that's in the book or not, so I wasn't sure. I have um, to relook at that but again. I, yeah. Um. Also, the lick was a really smart idea. The what? The lick when she licks the one of the um the small oh piece. the mushrooms yeah yeah, and you saw my face. I went like oh okay when we were watching the movie, and I wrote this down because I was I would not have thought of that. I would not have been that smart to think. Well, I would have just taken a small right. tiny little crumb. Exactly. Yeah, I would have like kept eating it, but the idea that she thinks the lick will work and then it does. I was like okay, girl, look at you. You're figuring out the rules of this Wonderland. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Um, and then I looked up, um, the Cheshire, like where Cheshire comes from, the name, and it's a county in England is what it's named after. And it, apparently it's like a dairy farm community, like a, like mostly, most of the county is dairy farms, which, so the cat that got the cream, that's why he has that shit eating grin on his face. That's what it's supposed to, I I think that's where it's supposed to come from. Yeah. That was, that was my, um... That was my quick Google search, so who knows if that's true, but we'll go with it, because fuck it. <laughs> um, this movie used to stress me out so much as a kid. Like, as much as I watched it, it made also made me really scared, and I would just get really freaked out watching it, and watching it again, I was like, when she gets into the Tolgi, Tolgi Woods is when uh, okay. I really started to lose my shit when I was a kid, because it was just so dark. And so nobody's eyes, talking yeah. to her anymore. That's what always, I think, scared me, was nobody was talking to her anymore. She was just alone with all these animals, and it scared the fuck out of me when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> Keith, for those of you who don't know, Keith sang along to a couple of the songs when we watched. It was really <laughs> cute. <laughs> you sang along to the tea party, the Mer- Very Merry Unbirthday, yeah. and you sang along to the Painting the Roses Red, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really cute. And I was like, aw. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that jam looks really delicious. It does. I'm like, can I have some? I know, me too. I was like, that, that, that's a pretty color. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh my God, I'm hungry. I'm Cartoon hungry. jam. Damn, man. <laughs> <laughs> Cartoon food in general always looks like Studio Ghibli movies. Ghibli, Ghibli, also don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Ghibli. Ghibli. Studio Ghibli movies also, like the food. I mean, literally, there's like cookbooks of how to cook Studio Ghibli meals. Really? Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah, they're like unofficial, of course, but yeah, there are like cookbooks to figure out how to learn how to make those foods. And getting that so book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I always love the half tea trick when he's like, "Have a cup, please, just a half cup," mm-hmm. and he just cuts, cuts it in and half. perfectly mm-hmm. fills up. I think that's so fun and clever, and it's one of those moments in the movie where I'm just like, "Oh, I sometimes nonsense things are like fun," you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what else? I love the setup of the watch when the watch starts going crazy and it's like, Mad Watch, Mad Watch! And then all of a sudden it cuts to a black and white picture of the watch dying. It goes oh, from like yeah. a crazy colored and then just quick black and white and then back to the normal movie. I thought mm-hmm. that was so beautiful and just like a really succinct way to get like the perfect message across of what mm-hmm. just happened. And I just applaud the animation team for, for making that choice because it was, it was great. Definitely. Um, 
I've already said the forest the forest bit is what scares me the most in the movie. Mm. <laughs> Just like really scary. Um did you do I think the painting the roses red is the only part my mom used to like when I was a kid. She will text me and correct me if I'm wrong, so I will let you all know. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that was the only part of the movie she used to like. Uh, Did she say why? I think she just thought it was funny that, like, they're painting the roses red just to make the queen happy. She's yeah. like, as they should. Like, I think that was just, like... <laughs> I, I think she just found that funny, that they would paint it. I think she liked that part. She will correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, what else... Uh, the score, the whistling, the do 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 do. I had to write that down because also, as I've said on I think every episode of this podcast, I'm a big Disney fan and I went to Disney a lot when I was a kid. And the teacup ride I used to go on every time at Disney World when we were when I was a kid with my sister and my dad. And that's the song that plays when you're on the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, is the do 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 do. So if you hear that from a distance, you go like running to the teacups. And then when you're on the ride, that's the song playing. So you're spinning, and it just feels so whimsical and fun, and totally carefree. And I just miss that so much. I miss <laughs> those days. It was really cool. It was one of the few rides we could all go on together, um, because my sister wasn't afraid of the teacups. Although we couldn't spin it too fast. Now she likes it fast, but when she was a kid, she did not like it that fast. Um, the Jack is really funny when they're just like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Jack. Oh. <laughs> just the one Jack. Just the one. I think it's so good. <laughs> um, and then just a couple more. Uh, I love the, like, now it's like an Alice meme where she's doing the face plant on her. Uh, have you seen the meme where, you know, in the courtroom when she's like, they keep uh, doing terrible evidence, and so she just does a face plan of just like. Pfft. Oh, okay. And that is now a meme, and I love that meme, and I think that's a great moment to take away from the movie, and it's great in the moment because mm-hmm. she's just so relatable. Just like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and then when she starts to shrink in the courtroom, I cringe every time. It just makes me so sad. I'm just like, oh fuck, she's so fucked. Like mm-hmm. she should have ran while she had the chance. It just makes me so sad. I'm just like, no, Alice, why? I get scared sometimes when she shrinks into the bottle. It's like, Jesus Christ, your tears could fucking drown you. I have that in my eyes, spicy hot takes. Okay, 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 She totally would have drowned in that moment. Like, there's no way she would have survived that. And, yeah, that that moment in the movie always freaks me out, too. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, she's fucking, she's a goner. (laughs) Um, And then the last note I have is the, so we, this is going to be probably a new add-on to the show for movies that qualify. Um... I love BuzzFeed quizzes. I just think they're a great way to waste some time when you don't want to do work. (laughs) You're like, I'll just take 20 BuzzFeed quizzes. (laughs) Um, And so we both took the BuzzFeed quiz to see what character we were most like from Alice in Wonderland. And we both got Alice. (laughs) Which then I had to retake the quiz to make sure it wasn't broken. Like it only gave you Alice. But then I retook it with different answers and I got the Mad Hatter. So I don't know what that says about me, but cool. (laughs) Do you have any notes you want to share? Um, her falling down the rabbit hole in the beginning. Yes, what I, about I, it? I just like it so much. It's like, it's, it's, one is very fucking trippy, and that falling her down the hole was, it took her a really long time to fall down. Oh, yeah. And it just made me think, like, maybe she fell down, like, to the other side of the world, like, when she goes upside down. <laughs> I know how it works. I know, I know. That's, <laughs> like, that's where my mind went. Yeah, when you were a kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the cards. 
the cards when when they're introducing the, the queen. Oh yeah, of yeah. course you love cards. Yeah. yeah, and like they show like the different colors as like it. That's, it I wrote that down. The subdivision is so pretty. Yeah, like once it like once they change angle, like it changes colors. Like that's so fucking cool. Yeah, and it's like, a good detail. It really is. The drink me bottle, when she's like drinking it, mm-hmm. and as she's drinking it, um, she's like tasting different flavors. Yeah. It also reminds me of um Willy Wonka's um. Gobstoppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. I wonder if that that's where they got that whole idea from, either from either Well, it or. is from the book, and I don't know the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory book. I don't mm. know when that was written. Okay. I'm assuming maybe, like, 50s, but it definitely written after Alice in Wonderland. Okay. And I don't know if in Alice in Wonderland, the book, if... If the, it's in there. ...what it says it tastes like. Okay. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what inspired what, but that's, yeah, good point. That's definitely one of my faves. Um, Yeah. That's okay. it. That's it for my notes. Everything else is like spicy hot takes. Oh, okay, great. So now we move on to spicy hot takes. Um, and do you want to go first? You All can right. go first. Here we go. Um, <laughs> okay. So <laughs> if, this, <laughs> if this were a modern remake, she Alice, when she grows up, would become an Etsy seller for flower crowns. Mm, <laughs> wow. That's funny. <laughs> as soon as I introduced her, just sitting there making a flower crown for her cat, I was like, yep, she makes flower crowns on Etsy. Um, okay, question. When does the dream officially start? So I wrote down, the moment I think it happens is when she finishes the song. When she's laying on the grass? Yes. Yes, I think that's when it starts. I think she like kind of slowly yeah. falls asleep. But it, they don't show it, though. They yeah. don't show it, yeah. But I think that's exactly when Dinah and her see the right rabbit. Yes. And I want to say, when I'm re-watching it this time with you, I want to say that's probably when it, the dream starts. But I also mm-hmm. wasn't sure. Because when we find her later, she's sitting up against the tree. Yes. So I almost want to say before her song is when she's fallen asleep. And that potentially she's doing that lesson with her sister. Yeah. And there's a, a moment during the lesson we don't see where she's fallen asleep. Okay. And the whole I didn't think about singing that. the song and all that stuff. Because I wrote down, why is her sister just letting her walk away from her mm-hmm. to sing her song? Oh. And I thought her sister wouldn't let her do that unless she was sitting there the whole time right. sleeping and her sister didn't see her sleeping. But in the end, it, she's, her sister's calling for her, like Alice, Alice. Yeah, to wake her up. Yeah. But she's at the tree. Yeah. So I, okay, that is that is. So it's very, hard to identify. Yeah. yeah, when the dream starts, I want to say like when she's at the tree, like when she first plays with Dinah before she starts the song, because when she starts the song, she's too far away hmm. for her to technically be falling asleep. Yeah, and okay. her sister wouldn't let her just like walk away in yeah. the middle of her lesson. So, I don't know, but it's a nitpick, you know. <laughs> um, no offense to Alice, but she's not a good singer. <laughs> she's just not hmm. <laughs> what no no comment <laughs> why no I just no yeah you're right because when she was singing at the with the uh, flowers yeah I yeah. was like yeah Mm-mm. even they judged her I was like oh damn well I mean that that's like it happens sometimes you know like you you um I, it's really I don't mean like in general like she can't hit all the notes or whatever I just mm. mean like the quality of her voice is like clearly she's a child you know and the way she warbles on her notes like she sounds like she's not going to hit all of them mm-hmm. and it stresses me out because i'm just like i'm waiting for her to like fuck up and then sometimes it just doesn't sound super clear um i wrote down why is alice not terrified when she's falling down the hole yeah the rabbit hole like just... 
It makes no sense to me. Like, when you're in a nightmare, you are scared. And the whole thing is like a fucking nightmare. And there's very few moments where she's genuinely frightened. And when she first falls down the hole, you think she'd be like, oh my god, no! And, like, trying to figure out how to stop herself from falling. Mm -hmm. And instead she's just like, okay, goodbye, Dinah, goodbye! I'm like, what the fuck, bitch? She just sees all these little knickknacks, like, being drawn into the hole. Yeah. Yeah, she just falls, like, literally falls right into it. And, um... (laughs) I just, I'm like, girl, what, what are you doing? Um, yeah, crazy. Um, okay, realistically, if she was at the riverbank, how many shrooms did she take mm. before she had this dream? <laughs> <laughs> did she take him? <laughs> did she just, was she hungry? Did she just pick up one and thought it wasn't poisonous mm. and just went for it? She ate a lot of different things that she wasn't supposed to be eating. I have that note. <laughs> <laughs> I have that note. Okay, um... Is Alice really the type to get dirty and chase after the ra- the white rabbit? Like, I know she's bored. I know she doesn't want to do her school lesson. But if you look at her, she's so pristine. It doesn't make sense to me that she would crawl in a dirt hole. She's a child, though. But, like, she doesn't look like she gets dirty. She talks about, like, tea parties and all that stuff. I just feel like... I get the impression she's not one to get down and dirty. I mean, she was laying on the grass. I guess that's that's what made me like hesitant, but I mm. was just like, she's wearing white tights, like I don't know, kids, man. <laughs> anyway, um, did this? Okay, this is random. You know the phrase? Obviously, we all know the phrase "bite me." Mm-hmm. As like a comeback. Did this movie? Ins- did this like story inspire oh. the phrase "bite me" because of "eat me, drink me"? I was mm. kind of like. Bite me just immediately like came like to a, mind. Like a strong and insult. Like, yeah, and I was just like, "Is that where this comes from?" I didn't bother looking up where "bite me" comes from, but I just thought it was fun to point out. Um, oh yeah, I already mentioned this with you. She would have drowned in that bottle. Yeah, definitely. for sure. Oh my god. Uh, this is okay. I should have said this at the beginning of the episode. So this movie is, of course, complete nonsense, and I'm gonna psychoanalyze it anyway because that's the point of the fucking podcast. So. <laughs> So why don't they dance further up the beach when they're doing that circle thing and they're so close to the water they're trying to dry off? It's just, what? (laughs) And I know it's nonsense. That's the point. And she's just like, you're not going to get dry like this. Like, she points it out, but it's just every time I watch it, I'm like, what are they doing? (laughs) Uh, I can't understand a single thing that Tweedledee and Tweedledum say. No? No. It's just, like, maybe a couple of things, but... Barely. They like they went way too far with their intonation, with their accents. Yeah. Like they just they sound so muddled and it pisses me the fuck off. And they spoke very time. fast too. So fast. And like I know it's purposeful. It's like in a dream where maybe you don't understand somebody's talking to you, but like mm. the dream keeps going. Oh. But still frustrating as fuck and I don't like it while rewatching it. I was like, Gah <laughs> where's your addiction, motherfuckers? <laughs> yeah, drives me crazy. Um also, how old are Tweedledee and Tweedledum supposed to be? Hmm. Like, 10, 50? Like, it makes... <laughs> can't tell. It makes, yeah, you can't tell. And it's just weird. It freaks... That's part of the reason I find them creepy, is I can't tell wh- what age they're supposed to be, and I'm just like, get away from me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love the oyster story. Is that weird? <laughs> really? I just, like, like that cartoon. I just thought we that was talked about it creepy a little bit to me. It is creepy, for sure, and it's sad, obviously, very tragic, but that's just, when I was a kid, that was always my favorite hmm. part, and I don't know why. I think I just liked, like, the short story. I think it was the one part of the movie I understood, beginning, middle, and end, 
okay. versus the rest of the movie where I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was like a five-year-old. Just like, nah! <laughs> Screaming at the TV. Um, gonna give myself an aneurysm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just always liked the oyster story. I guess it was because the easiest to understand, mm. I suppose. Mm. Um, <laughs> I wrote... This girl needs to stop touching shit. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote, why would she eat after the last time when she's in the garden and she eats the carrot? I was like, girl, look at what happened the last time. Why are you still touching things? Like, you're so big, just break the house. Like, what the fuck are you yeah, doing? Yeah, she could have just fucking stood up or something. She could have, like, used her hands to, like, rip the, the, roof, the off, roof off. And then she could have just stood. Like, it made no sense why she's just not... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> stop eating shit. Um... I wrote, <laughs> oh, I think I talked about this before, is Bill the Lizard really Bert from Mary Poppins? <laughs> is this like an early version of Bert? And the, the, that was like, <laughs> when they signed on Dick Van Dyke for, for Mary Poppins, did they just give him the Bill <laughs> scenes from this movie and were just like, we want you to recreate this character, mm-hmm. this lizard. <laughs> um, I wrote, the flowers are A plus bitches. <laughs> oh yeah, very high sedity. And I also called them Southern women. <laughs> they kind of got that like Southern woman charm about them, where mm-hmm. that all those backhanded compliments. Bless her heart, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, God. I also wrote for those of you who know Shit's Creek. I also wrote the flowers all remind me of the Jazza Gals, <laughs> the, the singing group in Shit's Creek amongst all the girls of town. They're the Jazza Gals. <laughs> oh, random. Anyway, um. This is this is a more serious, spicy hot take. But I was thinking about this when I watched the movie. I wrote this down. You know, she experiences a lot of mean people in this movie. And I was thinking about how, you know, when we're kids and we're growing up, like, why do we take mean people so seriously? Mm. You know? And I was thinking of the Caterpillar specifically when, when I wrote this note. And I was thinking about how he's so harsh and he's so cruel to her in trying to teach her. Mm-hmm. You know? Which really doesn't work. And I had a couple, one in particular, professors in college who were those kind of people who would belittle you until you cried. And then they thought that was making you a good actor, which is not how it works. That's, that's not the right mm-hmm. way to do it. And um, I, I think about it now, and I remember when I was in therapy back then, I remember once one of my, the professor I'm referring to, like, eviscerated me in class. And I wrote down all of the notes he gave me, basically tearing me apart and telling me I could never be an actor if I didn't fix the problems he had outlined. And I went to therapy a couple days later, and I brought my notebook with me to read my therapist all of the notes he gave me. And I read them to her, and she just sat there and heard them. And then, God, I miss Dr. Richard. She was amazing. (laughs) Shout out to her. She was the best fucking therapist ever. Um, And she, she asked me, she was like, she knew that he was a jerk. And she said, like, do you, like, why do you find these notes important, you know? And I was like, well, what if, like, he's telling the truth, you know? And she was like, do you think he often tells the truth? And I said, yeah, but sometimes he's pretty, like, fucking rude about it, you know? Like, it's a little exaggerated. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, if he doesn't treat you with respect, why are you treating him with respect? Why do you think you need to listen to him? And it shocked me, because it was the first time somebody had told me that I didn't have to respect a mean teacher if they didn't respect me back. It was the first time somebody pointed out that if somebody's treating you terribly, you do not have to be 
you do not have to think that they're better than you. Yeah. You do not have to think that they're smarter than you, that because they're a bully, they know better, they understand the world better. That's not how it works. Like, there's no... That is not the outcome of the equation, is that if they're cruel and they're brutally honest, that means that they're right. Not how the real world works. Mm-hmm. And when she pointed that out, I was like, it finally gave me permission to realize that I didn't have to take that person seriously. And... This movie made me think about that a lot watching this, that she deals with so many unnecessarily cruel people that are taking advantage of her every turn, at Mm -hmm. every turn. And she really doesn't have to put up with it. And I like that a lot of times she just walks away from the situation. Yeah. When she realizes that she can't deal with it. She can't do it no more. Yeah. And that she doesn't have to tolerate it. And I really think that we should use Alice as more of a role model um, because I wish I had gotten that lesson sooner when I was a kid, you know, instead of at like 22 years old, still putting up with a curmudgeon professor. I wish I had known better. Mm-hmm. I wish it hadn't taken me so long. And now for those of you who don't know us now, I don't put up with shit. <laughs> All right, moving on. That's going to be on the shirt. <laughs> put up with shit. <laughs> Please don't remake this. <laughs> Coming to you, uh, Coming to you this December. <laughs> um, does oh, this is one of my other notes. Does this movie encourage or discourage smoking? I think it encourages a lot. Yeah, a I would. Lot. I would say the same, which makes me sad because mm-hmm. not good. Don't smoke; it's bad for you. Um, yeah, I just watching that caterpillar scene. I was like, this is not. <laughs> yeah, definitely not healthy. Yeah, totally not. Um, I wrote aren't we always telling girls to keep their tempers? And I'm fucking tired of it. <laughs> we have a right to be fucking angry. <laughs> Trying me, I mean, Keith has heard this story many, many times. I, I knew someone once who tried to tell me that my art was being affected by my anger at the world and how unjust the world was and I was taking it out of my art and I shouldn't do that and blah, blah, blah. You know what? I have a really, I have many good reasons for being fucking angry yeah. at the world. If anything, the anger brings out more of the passion into your art. Exactly. If people never got angry, do you really think we would have voting rights, civil rights, yeah. marriage rights, equal? We and we still barely have some of that stuff. So we still get to be angry, mm-hmm. and anger gets to help us get fucking shit done. Yes. And in this movie, when the caterpillar has the audacity to tell her to keep her temper, I'm like, fuck you. She has a right to be fucking angry. Look at this shit. Everybody is giving her terrible advice and not helping her just follow the white rabbit. Like, that's all she's asking is to know where the white rabbit is going. And not a single fucking person helps her. Go fuck yourself, caterpillar. I hate that (laughs) that whole sequence. I'm just like, I want to crush him. Yeah. Um, continuing, if, if I knew that cat, if I met the Cheshire cat in real life, I would be so fucking terrified. Yes. He's scary as hell. Just so disappearing creepy. and reappearing. Yeah. Yeah. So creepy. Um, also, is the Cheshire cat a ghost? Is she seeing a ghost? Because nobody else sees him. Nobody else refers to the Cheshire Cat. That's true. Nobody knows what the fuck she's talking about. I kind of feel like the Queen of Hearts kind of know who the Cheshire Cat is. Like, she when she says cat, cat, like, her eyes opens up, like, oh, wait a minute. I like, think she's just, I don't know if she knows that it's him or if she's just, like, where's the cat. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't figure that one out. I don't know if 
anybody knows who the Cheshire Cat is. Okay. I'm not sure. Mm. Well, I never know. <laughs> I also wrote, um, oh, the whole tea party sequence I thought was an inspiration for Beauty and the Beast. Oh. And like how all the teapots are singing. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, that, that kind of um, go, like follows it. Um, on birthday, so, you know, they explain that an unbirthday is celebrating the 364 other days that you're alive. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such a great fucking concept. And I was kind of surprised at how, like, uh, motivational speaker-esque mm-hmm. that moment is in the movie, where they're just like, we're going to celebrate every day that we're here. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. I was like, fuck yeah. I want every day to be an unbirthday, where you're just celebrating that you're here. Yeah. You know? And you get to do shit for another day and enjoy life another day. Hopefully, you know, like, obviously shit happens and the world is not always perfect and is not always happy and your life can get pretty fucking dark sometimes. But finding some kind of light at the end of the tunnel every day yeah, I think is really important. And I like that this movie highlights that a little bit. Uh, yeah, it makes I, it seem so celebratory. You pointed that out now. I'm just like, wow, that kind of, like, makes a lot of sense because, like, you know, when you wake up in the morning and, like, sometimes I have to, like, think you know, a higher power or God to like say, hey, like, I'm awake and like I can see and do the things that I'm, I was capable of doing yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, so it, today, every day is important and it doesn't have to be just my birthday. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also remember <laughs> the whole tea party sequence with the March Hare and the Mad Hatter talking over her and interrupting her and all that shit. I just wrote mansplaining in a nutshell <laughs> <laughs> and that this should be like, you know, workplace videos about like sexual harassment in the workplace or like all this kind of stuff i was mm-hmm. like this needs to be mandatory viewing for men <laughs> in the workforce <laughs> to watch the mad hatter and the march hair just interrupt her all the fucking time never let her finish her goddamn story and then they criticize her for like not having a good story or whatever and she's like you didn't even let me fucking finish <laughs> i was just like oh girl i feel you um what else why are the, oh, this is random but there are just so many birds in this movie birds yeah like out of all the animals there's just like a ridiculous amount of birds that okay. outnumbers like all the other animal characters and mm. it's kind of really confusing i'm just like are birds like the most native species in england like why are there so many birds in this movie yes i never thought about that i just kept noticing like bird after bird after bird i was like uh okay like cool oh the dodo bird the bird okay. in the nest the croquet um, and then the whole wood yeah the whole wooded area is almost all birds mm-hmm. and i was just like why are there so many birds <laughs> anyway um the momraths help her find the fucking path through the forest. Oh. And she gives them no credit. Yeah. Like, as much as I love Alice, she fucked up there. And just yeah. gave them zero credit for helping her. I was like, bitch, come on. You gotta give them over us. Thank some. you. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Nothing. Or a little pat she on the head or something. She literally gave herself credit. She's yeah. like, oh, I finally found it. I was yeah. like, bitch. You no, you fucking she did it. Fucking dog no, swept the path off your them. feet and then you just got fucking lost. And yeah. Yeah. Rude. <laughs> And then also, so the dog that's, like, sweeping away the path looks like Pluto, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay, that's definitely, like, a prototype for Pluto, mm-hmm. and they just stuck a broom on its head. Because I was like, <laughs> Pluto? What is Pluto doing in this movie? Um, also, I don't understand at the end of her song why all the animals just disappear. You know, they become, like, the, oh, well, she's in the, the chalk outlines. Yeah. yeah, and she sings the song, and she's crying, and all of the 
all of the characters just like disappear. They become like chalk outlines and they vanish. Mm-hmm. I was like, why were they like not there to begin with? Maybe she like, felt alone almost. Yeah. I guess, but like, why do they disappear? Like, mm. I know the Cheshire Cat disappears. That's like his specialty. But why does everybody else? And mm. I just thought that was like a little plot hole. I was like, um, I know it's a dream, but I'm psychoanalyzing anyway. Um, okay, why would they even have white rose seeds? If they're not, so you know they plant the white rose tree accidentally, and then they have to paint the roses red? Uh, Why would they even have a white rose tree? mm. Why would they have white rose seeds plant a tree? Obviously, again, nonsense. But like, what? What was the point? Yeah. Yeah, If you're going to grow red roses, just grow red roses. Yeah. Why why did they even have white rose flowers? Are Mm. all of them painted? Are all of them fake? Is that like their job is constantly Mm. fake painting? Yeah. (laughs) Just pointed it out. Um, is this an inappropriate movie for kids? Like, how old do you think a kid... Because, like, the whole off with her head thing. Like, yeah. Just, like, dragging people off to die. Obviously, you don't see it. Or the oyster story. Where, like, you see that all the oysters have been eating. Eden. I'm just like, I don't know what age group this really is appropriate for. Maybe, like, yeah. eight or nine? After watching it again, it's like, damn. I don't I can't see my kids watching this right now. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, four and five, they're way yeah. too young. Besides that, it would go way over their heads. I also yeah. think it's... Still a little too scary. I feel like eight or nine is probably the most. I was gonna say ten or twelve. Really? Okay, yeah. much older. Yeah, just a little bit more older because there's there's a lot that goes on like the smoking and just like. Yeah, you have like, to be able to have a conversation afterward. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, it's like, no, it's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I I can agree with like ten. Yeah. I think ten is good. Okay. It's like fourth fifth grader. It's not bad. How? What did I write? Oh. Because I, I gotta point it out. How does sex work between the king and the queen? I thought about that and I was. <laughs> I thought that was inappropriate. I'm just like, who's, <laughs> who's on top and who's on bottom? Just like, just like king has to be on top because like, there's no way if she was on top, she would fucking crush him. Maybe he likes that. <laughs> Maybe he does. <laughs> we talking about a kids movie. God, we're going to hell. <laughs> Um, oh gosh yeah he's gotta be but like is he like but like oh god let's just go full inappropriate are we talking like little mermaid accidental uh priest dick where it's like you know in the movie like supposedly it like shows his dick and now they've like edited it out because it's i didn't see that you've never heard of that no i didn't know that it's this big conspiracy theory that you know the conspiracy theories that like disney hides sex in all their movies yeah it's most of it is total fucking bullshit but um, they say in Little Mermaid when um, uh, Morgana, is her name Morgana? What's what's Ursula's like fake human name? I uh, forget. I don't remember. When she, when Ursula and the prince are about to get married, the priest is standing there, and I think it's then. I think it's oh shit, or maybe it's it when when Ariel gets married. I, I think can't it's, remember. I think it's when Ariel gets married. But I, don't, I, don't... I have no idea. But the little priest, he's like a tiny little guy, like the size of the king in in Alice in Wonderland, and it's. You see, like, what looks like a boner coming out of his, like, dress that he's wearing, you know? Like, his priest uniform. What? But Disney has always said it's just his knees. He has, like, bony knees because he's really old. Oh. And, but everybody jokes that it's a boner. To the point where it became such a thing that, like, I think Disney's edited out. Edited it out in future renditions. And now I think if you watch it, you don't. It's not there anymore. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And you can look at pictures online that yeah. people took, like, from their VHSs. It's and crazy how strong a, a, a V 
viewer's opinion can go. Oh, yeah. Like, people, we all have filthy minds. Like, that's... Like, obviously, yeah. Obviously, like, <laughs> what we're talking about, whether the king is a top or bottom. But <laughs> I'm like, uh, I just need to know, like, dick proportion. He's a tiny guy. How long are we talking? Uh, yeah. My parents listen to this show. <laughs> okay. Um, what else? I also wrote, why does he want a trial? Why does the king want a trial so badly? Is mm. he just bored? Does he want to, like, participate more? I just think that he's bored. He just wants to be in charge of something. Something that he, like, fantasizes about, probably, because he seems very excited about it. Yeah, exactly. And I guess... And I don't think that the queen would, would have, you know, thought about that, but he did, so it's just, like, something that he thought about. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he has, like, like, he knows exactly what goes on in a trial and, like, what he needs to do in order to, like... Uh, go through with it and like properly yeah his way yeah so i think that's why mm-hmm. but i don't think the queen would have gone through with it if it was up to her really mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay i can see that he just wants a little bit more attention power yeah attention yeah um <laughs> i wrote the whole and the king that like line the delivery of it and everything mm-hmm. i said should be the new motto for the patriarchy <laughs> every time the man's in charge it's just and the king just didn't throw it away. <laughs> and the last thing I wrote was, at the end of the movie, you know, she wakes up, and she just runs off with her sister, like, talking about the characters, like, no big deal. And I'm like, so she's not traumatized by probably the most terrifying nightmare yeah. ever? Mm-hmm. Like, I wake up from nightmares, I'm fucking sweating, I'm crying, In I'm a like, a basket up, case yeah. for the whole day. And she's just like, da I'm like, you were just scared shitless, what the fuck? How, Yeah. So how is she not traumatized? It makes no sense to me. Mm-mm. Mm. Uh, you want to go ahead with your... Uh, no, your spicy hot takes. Yes. Uh, we talked about the drinking bottle. Um, the white rabbit was coming... Like, well, obviously in her dream, like, the white rabbit is, like, seen to, like, pass by her in, like, uh, in her world, in her real world. Mm-hmm. I'm just, like, almost... I thought about, like, where was he coming from? Like, why was he so late? And why was he in the real world? Yeah. Like, but again, this is all a dream. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I totally see that. And that's that was like a big question mark on that for me. That's a good yeah, that's a good note. And also when like when they're like in his house and he's like getting dressed or like getting ready as he's like really fucking late, like why would you go home and get dressed? Well he has to wear a different outfit for the court. He has I, to wear the collar. I guess. He has to wear the royal clothing of the court. Hmm. He also mentions Marianne. I was, like, trying to figure out who the fuck Marianne was. I guess he has an assistant mm. who is just not there that day. Okay. Yeah. That didn't sit... Like, I was, like... And because he wears, like, a, a glass thing, I think maybe he just can't see very well. So when Alice shows up, he just uh, thinks it's Marianne because he can't uh... see. I'm just trying to rationalize as best okay. I can an excuse. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I was just, like, trying to figure that out. I was like, hmm, question mark. Yeah. I think he just has an assistant, probably. Some kind of, like, housemaid or something. Mm-hmm. The walrus and the carpenter, like, really, like, uh, freaked me out a lot. It's just, like... When you were a kid? Yeah, because, like, he just, like, really, like, lied to these little... Little oysters. Yeah, it's like, why? Fish. Just to eat them. Yeah. And it's just, like, you he selfishly ate them without the carpenter. It's like, you went through all that work and with, with his help, and you didn't even share. Calm, man. Yeah, it's just, like, goddamn. And at one point, I thought that the carpenter remind me of the Mad Hatter a little bit. It's like Definitely the same style. Of yeah, because I, I thought that, like, oh, maybe the Mad Hatter is the carpenter and in a small way just, like, went mad after he chased the walrus or something like that. So I was like, hmm, interesting. Hmm. So that 
uh, I should write a book about this place. That's what oh, Alice the, says. The yeah, yeah, I was just like, yeah, that's that's funny. He already did. <laughs> it's so cheesy. I was like, oh, Disney. Yeah. <laughs> like, they went for it. They're just like, <laughs> like, mic drop. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And the queen using the um, birds as, like, uh, Oh, the flamingos? Yeah, for the, like the, the croquet? Yeah, it's like, animal abuse. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> Peter. Somebody call Peter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, and a king doesn't really get much love, like, as the queen does. Like, they're both, I think, oh, yeah. it should be equal, but it's like, goddamn. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny, because, like, it... Obviously, it's based on, like, a, a little bit of British history, like, mm-hmm. the some of the, the monarchs that they've had that have been, like, matriarchy instead of patriarchy, which I think is really cool. And I kind of like that the movie leans into it, like, a female leader. She's not a great leader, but at least she's female. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I do find it funny. I think it's, it's I feel like it's a lot more um, uh, topical now mm. than it used to be. I feel like when it came out in the 50s, it must have been like, what? That she's evil. And now we're just like, what? But does she have a point? Yeah. (laughs) We should listen to her. (laughs) Yeah, we lean into it a little more. We're just like, let's give her a second. (laughs) I think that's it for my spicy hot takes. Sweet. Okay, now we move on to the ironic question. Should this be remade? So, to start, I try to write down as many... So, obviously, this has been adapted a million times. And so I tried writing down as many adaptations as I could think of on my list of, like, things that I've seen that I, like, know are adaptations of Alice, just to, like, prove how much there is. Mm -hmm. So there's a song that Taylor Swift wrote called Wonderland that's inspired by Alice in Wonderland. Um, there's the Alice miniseries that I showed you. Which is really good, actually. Really good from sci-fi from, like, I want to say, like, ten years ago already or something. Like, it's pretty old, but it's great and really fun. You can find it on Amazon. Um, there's uh, a couple of musicals, Wonderland and Alice by Heart, which Alice by Heart is my favorite musical. Uh, one-act musical, it was on, it was off-Broadway last year, 2019, and it's great. The album is on Spotify. I highly recommend you all uh, listen to it. You might want to read a synopsis first online because uh, it's a little hard to follow, but it's great. It also there's a YA novel that they wrote uh, based on the musical. So just I love that show. It's my favorite. It's amazing. Um, there's the jazz song Wonderland. Um, how do you get to Wonderland? Oh, I didn't know that. I think that's how it goes. Um, yeah, there's like some kind of jazz song. Kids at my high school used to sing it a lot in the jazz band. Um, there's a new movie coming out that has Alice in Wonderland in it. Um, it's called, I think, Peter and Alice, or Alice and Peter, and it's with, um, uh, oh, what's her name? Angelina Jolie and oh. David Oyelowo. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah, I have to look it up now to make sure. I didn't know they were doing that. Yeah, they released a trailer maybe like a month or two ago, and it's coming out soon. I believe it's a Disney movie. Angelina Jolie, wow. Another Disney movie. Oh, yeah, Lowell, I think is how you pronounce okay. it. Um, I will double check that and I will do a, um, actually, if necessary. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, it's pronounced David Oyelowo. So, I was wrong. All right, back to the show. Um, 
so yeah, that's coming out soon where they have like two kids and it looks like they're maybe about to become like destitute and the kids like use Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland to like escape their world and all this stuff. Um, there's the Once Upon a Time series that had Alice in Wonderland involved, plus the spin-off series. Did not watch that. I watched those pretty religiously when I was a kid. Um, I gave up eventually as I started to hate a lot of the characters, yeah. but it was fun for a while. <laughs> and I really liked the Alice in Wonderland spin-off series. That was my favorite part of the show, and then it ended up getting canceled after the one season. Oh, man. It didn't get enough viewership, yeah. Um, it was pretty dark in comparison, I think, to Once Upon a Time, so I just don't think a lot of people carried over. Okay. Um... There's obviously the theme park rides. There's a dark ride in Disneyland in California, and then there's the teacups at Disney World. Um, there's the Tim Burton Alice movies that we mentioned. There's a Meryl Streep version of Alice in Wonderland that she did, I think, in the 80s, which one of my professors is in. Oh, shit. Uh, as, I believe, the Caterpillar, I think he's, nice. he plays, I think. Mm. <laughs> um, that I think you can find clips of on YouTube, if not the whole thing. But yeah, there's a Meryl Streep Alice in Wonderland where she plays Alice that looks adorable and very weird, of course. Um, so there was a thing that I remembered and then I found it. So there used to be this weird game or like studio weird film experience at Epcot where after you left Spaceship Earth, the ride that's in the big golf ball, the main like um, little like round thing. Mm -hmm. And um, there used to be this weird like studio you could sit in and like watch something that had the white rabbit in it that I was like what is that thing and I looked it up and found it on reddit it was a, based on a tv show called adventures in wonderland that I guess Disney had at one point that they mm -hmm. did at one point that looks really creepy and I think there's a defunct land youtube episode on it yeah there is yeah so I haven't watched that episode yet but I guess that's what it was based on and I never knew and when I was a kid we used to sit in those rooms and do that sometimes and I had no idea what it was referring to and it was really creepy hmm. and I but now I found out what it is um, there's also, uh, an Alice musical for, like, high school students that I did in high school that was fucking terrible. Um, pretty bad show. But that also exists. So those are all the Alice references I can think of. That's just how many, and that's just what I remember. Obviously, there's probably millions more. Mm -hmm. So, should this be remade, I think, yeah, it's always going to be remade. Like, there's always going to be a new adaptation every couple of years forever either mm -hmm. a song inspired by it or a new movie or whatever i actually think this story like this exact movie would actually be i think a good disney musical hmm. okay um, i can see that like a really classical musical and not something like too modern like like really try to stick to the script and the music yeah really keep it like just like this mm -hmm. style and yes. disney is notorious for finding great young talent for mm -hmm. these kind of things i think they would could find a great alice um they already have a lot of the songs that I think would be great to bring back and just expand them. Yes. Um, and I think it would be really fun. The costumes would definitely win the Tony Award. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't even imagine how glorious they would be. And I really actually, it's funny, I'm talking that Disney should do the musical, but I really hope Alice by Heart eventually when theater reopens, everybody wear your fucking masks so theater can open <laughs> again. Um, when theater reopens, I would I really hope Alice by Heart goes to Broadway because mm. it would be so beautiful. It's like, the reason I love that show and why I'm recommending it so much is it is one of the most accurate depictions of grief mm. and losing someone I have ever seen. And it really hits the heart and it 
shows what true love and first love looks like in a really uh, accurate depiction and how it's hard to understand what level of selfishness or selflessness you need in a relationship. Like how much do you have to think about you and how much do you have to think about the other partner mm -hmm. the musical really explores and how much you have to face reality. And I like that like there's everything has a rhyme or reason to it. They really went into the text and found how to connect all of the Alice in Wonderland characters to the characters they create that had a purpose. And it makes me just really happy. And I was so thrilled to get to watch it. And uh, yeah, still, still my favorite. And I really hope it continues. So, but I also think Disney could do it. Um, but I prefer Alice by Heart. <laughs> I really okay. hope it goes to Broadway eventually. It's so good. Um, so yeah, listen to that on Spotify. It's beautiful. And uh, yeah, I think that, that obviously this will just be done a million times, you know, and some will be hits and some will be uh, misses. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, but I, I love Alice in Wonderland and I don't mind like adaptation after adaptation. Like there's always somebody who might do it better, you know? That's true. Like I, I was afraid to like to almost say that cause I'm like, I'm always all about like the originals mm -hmm. and like sometimes when people remake movies tend to be really bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, no offense, Tim Burton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Tim Burton. It's just when he did that, I was like, okay. The first one was okay. It was all right. Then he like went in. I, like, like I said earlier, like he did the second one and just didn't land very well with me. Yeah, which sometimes is not just like them, but also the yeah, studio. Yeah, exactly. You know, Disney like always trying to like make something out of something and, and just going too far. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. You know. Um, um, I just say it takes a it takes uh, the right director and um, creative artist to like really put together a really good movie. Mm -hmm. A good another ad adaptation to that movie and producers who give them the space to yes like it's it's a complicated process you know sometimes you need the producers who give the original creator space to make it and then also sometimes you need oversight producers who swoop in and say no 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 what the fuck do you think you're doing mm -hmm. and pull back and it's all a collaboration it is hard I know being in the arts it is really hard to collaborate and find common ground um, and yeah sometimes it's a hit or a miss and yeah. it happens. But I love this story still. Same. I still think it's great. And I don't mind if they keep doing it. Um, yeah, you'll just have to deal with our opinions, whether yeah, we like exactly. it or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's everything. Yes, it is. Okay, great. Um, thanks, you guys, for tuning in for another episode. We hope that you rewatch the movie and uh, let us know on Instagram what you think. Uh, please follow at Please Don't Remake This. <laughs> And yeah, thanks you guys. Uh, I hope you tune in to next week's episode. I hope you all had a, this will be coming out uh, the day after Thanksgiving. I hope you all had a safe Thanksgiving. Please, please be safe. Please, I hope you all, if you did go and see people you might not have seen, go get tested right now and then get tested again mm -hmm. and again and again. <laughs> um, and then if you were safe, thank you. <laughs> we, the numbers are going up people and uh, it's, it's, not good yeah it's and scary it's terrifying and you know keith and i are based in new york city where the numbers are going up mm -hmm. and it is we remember what it looked like when covid first hit in the beginning and it's starting to look like look like that all over again yeah and we look we just can't afford to lose any more lives yeah you know just think of it that way 200 over two hundred and fifty thousand people have died in this country alone let alone the whole world 
and we beg you to just please take it a little more seriously. Um, yeah, please be careful. We, we love all of you and we just want you to be able to tune in every week. Uh, and join us. Mm -hmm. So yeah, please, uh, please be careful. And yeah, that's it. All right. Thanks you guys. Thank you for listening. Hope you tune in next week and much love to all of you. And yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> I keep saying that. Toodles. I, yeah, toodles. <laughs> 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 mm, bye. <laughs> Thank you.